there is liberty or freedom. As we begin to sing this morning, would you celebrate your freedom with us? Chains are broken because you have spoken. It is finished on the cross. Now I'm living in your freedom. Jesus, you have set me free.
it's so good to see all of you. Folks, I got to tell you, I am honored today. I, I love doing baptisms, but I am super honored to do this one today. I get to baptize my little grandsons. What an honor. Come on in. Folks, this is Tate and Wheeler. He's 10 years old, and I can remember when he was born. I had the privilege of holding him in my arms and whispering in his ear, Hear, O Israel. The Lord I got is one. And Acts 2.38, I got to whisper all that stuff, and now I get to see it come to pass. What an honor. Y'all pray with us today. Lord, in Jesus' name, we pray for Tatum. God, we ask that you would order his steps, that you would direct his path. God, that you would lead him always. And God, give him a heart for you. Lord, and I pray that you would touch him right now. Tatum Wheeler. Tatum Wheeler. Upon the profession of your faith and obedience to the word of the Lord, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all your sins. In Jesus' name. Well, one more time, let's clap our hands to Jesus. What a great moment. What a great moment. And um, I heard many, many years ago when I was a kid, somebody, the service leader said, you know, said going to church is kind of like opening an investment account. He said, you're going to get out as much as you put into it. And, uh, you know, I think there's some truth to that. And as we open the service today with worship and praise and, and then watching as Tayden was baptized, I, I made a commitment to myself. I said to myself, I am going to make sure that I worship the Lord today, that I praise God today, that I don't let anything hinder me from a move of God in my life. And I believe that's why I believe that's why these children are, are, are receiving the Holy Ghost and, and they're having a move of God in your life because if you watch them, they always come down and worship. You open the altars, they come into the altar. They've determined to put everything they can into a service so that they can get everything out of it that God has for them. Is that your commitment today? Is that how you feel coming into this place today? Lord, I want to praise you. I want to worship you. I want to give you my all. Hallelujah. We're going to ask the ushers to come forward today, give you an opportunity to give, and we're going to pray. But before we do, I do want to take a moment and just let you know we are so glad you are here today. Welcome to the Grace Church campus. We're glad you chose to be here today. Those joining us on live stream and Facebook Live, we're so glad that you joined us today. We know that you're going to be blessed by what goes on here in church today. Let's pray together. Jesus, we are so thankful for the opportunity to come into your presence. And I'm thankful, Lord, that there's a new name written down in glory, Lord, that, that sins have been remitted in waters of baptism today. Thank you for your presence. Lord, do your absolute will in this place today to the glory of God. Everybody say, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You may be seated as you give, but let's keep a spirit of worship in our heart. I do want to remind you of a couple of things this morning um, before we go back into our praise and worship set. I want you to remember that this coming Tuesday is Tuesday prayer right here in the sanctuary at nine o'clock. If you're able or your schedule allows, we want you to join us for prayer Tuesday morning. 
And then next Sunday, which will be March the 1st, our annual business meeting will be in the A Center at 6 p.m. Do I have that right? Is that next Sunday? Somebody with a calendar help me. Is that next Sunday? Yes, it is. I want to be sure I'm not giving you false information. Next Sunday is March 1st at 6 p.m. in the A Center is our annual business meeting. And then Sister Ethel did a marvelous presentation on the bridge ministry last Sunday. Hopefully you heard that and were part of that presentation. And that group, the bridge, will meet on Sunday, March the 8th in the A Center at 6 p.m. And you can sign up in Grand Central on your way out today. So all of our ladies that want to be a part of the new, newly launched Bridge Ministry, that's coming up on March the 8th on Sunday night. And then finally, uh, Baby Dedication Sunday coming up March 15th. If you have a baby that you would like to have dedicated that Sunday and be a part of that marvelous service, just contact the church office and you can be a part of that. As always, you can stay current with what's going on on the website under the events tab or on the Grace Church app on your smartphone. Amen? Amen. We're going to go back into our worship set today. I want you to worship the Lord with the praise team as they lead us. God bless you today.
tonight. The presence of the Lord is in the house today. Does anybody feel the presence of Jesus here today? Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Let's clap our hands to the Lord again. Let's praise Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Look at your neighbor and tell him it's great to see you. Thank the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. We want to take this opportunity this morning again to welcome all of our guests. And uh, we want to thank you so very much for coming and uh, being here today with us at Grace Church. Those of you joining us on live stream and Facebook Live, God bless you today. Thank you so much for joining us uh, in our service. I was thinking before the service started today, it was about five minutes to 11 and uh, we were getting ready to come out here to begin service and it just dawned on me that there were people walking into their living rooms, uh, perhaps even in the bed in their bedroom, maybe not able to get up and they've got their computer screen on, maybe their television screen hooked up and they're waiting for church to start. God bless you folks. We're glad to have you a part of Grace Church today. We love our live streamers. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord. Well, it's been a great day at Grace Church so far, and I believe there's even more yet to come. And uh, we're certainly thankful for the moving of His Spirit. What a great time we had last Sunday. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord moved here mightily. You'll hear more about that in just a minute. But uh, there's nothing greater to me. There's not a greater miracle than somebody receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, that's a, a marvelous, marvelous miracle that takes place in someone's life. And uh, we actually had a couple of people that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost last Sunday. And uh, we'll begin today with Taden Wheeler, received the Holy Ghost last Sunday and was baptized in Jesus' name today. Taden, would you come up here? Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. We have, of course, a baptismal certificate and a Holy Ghost certificate. And I am so glad what your daddy was saying this morning did not come to pass. Travis was just hoping and praying that his daddy, Taden's grandfather, would slip and fall down in that baptistry. He was hoping that would happen so bad. But you got to know Travis to appreciate that. So that didn't happen, and we thank God for that. And we thank God that it didn't happen for Travis's sake because he had been the one to go in after him. And that would have been interesting to see all that happen. Anyway, we congratulate you, man. Received the Holy Ghost last Sunday, baptized this Sunday. And these are two certificates. You open these up. They, they state that you received the Holy Ghost and that you were baptized in Jesus' name here at Grace Church. Love you, buddy. God bless you, man. That's good stuff right there. Good stuff. Thank the Lord. And then also last Sunday, uh, Jake Simon received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and we're rejoicing and exciting with him. Can you come up here, Jake? Do you mind, buddy? Thank the Lord. What a great moment. Great, great moment. Congratulations, man. Happy for you. And it's nice to go to bed at night knowing you're ready to meet Jesus, ain't it? It's a good thing. So here's your certificate. Just state that you received the Holy Ghost here at Grace Church last Sunday. So take it to your folks, and they'll take care of it for you. God bless you, buddy. Give them some appreciation today. Thank the Lord. To me, one of the greatest validations of the gospel, not that it needs to be validated, 
one of the greatest validations, if it did, is when it happens to a young person, to a child. Because they're not old enough yet to do all the analytical work and put it under a microscope and check this and check that and see if this and see if that and what have you. They hear the preaching of the Word of God, take it at face value, and boom, it happens. And uh, that's the way it should happen. Adults could receive the Holy Ghost a lot easier if you would come as a child or even a young person. It could happen a whole lot quicker, a whole lot easier. Thank the Lord. I love our kids. I love our young folks today. Let's give them some appreciation. And hey, has anybody noticed this new ushering staff we got going on around here? Is that pretty cool or what? Really pumped about that. Thank the Lord. And uh, we're making an effort to involve our young people more and more. And uh, that was a a good-looking group up here this morning. And uh, certainly thankful to see that grow and expand. And uh, we want to keep our young folks involved. We want to keep them involved. And I want to thank Sister Farah for uh, taking the initiative and heading this up and making it happen. Thank the Lord. If you'll stand with me this morning, I want to turn your attention to the Word of God. Uh, Do remember our business meeting uh, next Sunday night, uh, a week from today. And uh, if you're a member of Grace Church, if you've been through Grace Steps and all of that, you're, you're welcome to come and you can participate in any voting. If you're not a member and you want to come and just listen, you can do that too. So uh, if you want to go through all that stuff, that is a necessary evil that every pastor wishes could go away, but it, it can't, so we do it. Anyway, so remember that for next, next Sunday night. We need to have prayer this morning as we turn to the Word of God and when we pray, over our message today we want to carry this request to the Lord we found out yesterday that uh, Jonathan Adams nephew Beckham um, has potentially a cancerous mass uh, behind one of his ears in his head and I think he's about to turn five five years old and um, we need to pray we need to pray fervently Hey, we had a miracle here last Sunday that I'm going to share with you in a minute. Most of you have already heard about it. This is nothing, this doesn't make God fearful and nervous. These kind of things don't intimidate God. He's not like, oh no, what am I going to do now? One touch of his hand can take all of that away, and I believe that in Jesus' name. So we'll pray for Beckham as we pray over the word of the Lord momentarily. Numbers chapter 17, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and take every one of them a rod. Take every one of them a rod, according to the house of their fathers. Of all their princes, according to the house of their fathers, twelve rods. Write thou every man's name upon his rod. And thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi, For one rod shall be for the head of the house of their fathers. This is to forever establish the Levitical priesthood. And thou shalt lay them up in the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony where I will meet with you. And it shall come to pass that the man's rod, whom I shall choose, shall blossom. The rod that I choose will blossom. Everybody look at that. It's about what they had. It will blossom. I want everybody to understand that. He's doing this to finish the verse. 
And I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel, whereby, whereby they murmur against you. Moses spake unto the children of Israel, and every one of their princes gave him a rod apiece, for each prince one, according to their father's houses, even twelve rods, and the rod of Aaron was among their rods. And Moses laid up the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. And it came to pass that on the morrow, one day later, one day later, Moses went into the tabernacle of witness, and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded and brought forth buds and bloomed blossoms and yielded almonds. Sounds kind of far-fetched, doesn't it? It does. That's what I'm going to preach here today. I want to speak to you for a little while. My title today is in the form of a question. How far does your faith go? What are you willing to believe? How much are you willing to believe? Everybody say, thank the Lord for the word. Thank you for standing. God bless you. Let's pray over the message today and let's pray, pray for Beckham. Father, we love you today. We're thankful for the word of God that we can stand on. The word of God we know is forever settled in heaven. And I pray today in Jesus' name that you administer the word of God to our hearts, that our minds and hearts and ears would be open to you. And today we pray for Beckham. I pray in Jesus' name that the Spirit of the Lord would move on his behalf, that the Spirit of the Lord work. You see this, this child, you know, potentially what they're facing. I pray by the power and might of God that you would alter that course that you would heal in the name of Jesus for the glory and glory and manifestation of your presence. We ask it in Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands again to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I noticed before we prayed that I said, everybody say thank the Lord for the word you did and I said, God bless you, and everybody started to be seated. Where in that statement was, you may be seated. Uh, sorry about that, those of you that were halfway down and had to pop right back up. But uh, you'll listen more attentively next time. Thank the Lord. Everybody said amen. Believe y'all to have a little fun in the house of the Lord sometimes. This past Sunday... Uh, I preached a message, we need a move, implying that we need a move of God, and we got one. Oh my, did we have a move of God here last Sunday. As we just mentioned, these couple of fellows was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and we're thankful for Taden and Jake that God filled them up with the Holy Ghost. As a matter of fact, somebody commented about Jake receiving the Holy Ghost that Mind did he evermore receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost here last Sunday. And I'm thankful for that. <clears throat> but there's a whole other arena that this, the, the power and spirit of God can operate in. And that is physical healing. He can operate in mental healing, emotional healing. When Jesus took the stripes prior to Calvary, it was for our healing. Well, just part of it. It was all of it. Anything that's wrong 
with, with the, the, the makeup of the human body, mind, spirit, and so on, God has the power to heal it. This past Sunday, uh, Brandy Rose was here with her two boys, her two adopted sons, may I add. And uh, the youngest of them is, uh, is Eli. His name is Elijah. I was confused. I heard him called both, and they said they, he goes by both, and that's okay. But um, there was a lot of very difficult things concerning Eli's birth. And uh, uh, after he was born, and there was a lot of complications, just a lot of negative things that happened there that I'll not go into. He was in the NICU unit for 45 days, and he was ultimately diagnosed with cerebral palsy and epilepsy. And uh, he had to wear braces on his legs. We have a picture Y'all can throw that on the screen for me. There he is. You can see uh, the brace on his legs right there. He wore them actually under his clothes. And um, uh, he walked on his toes, could never walk flat-footed, and he couldn't walk without the assistance of those braces. And um, uh, was in a, a very difficult position and so on. At the end of our message last Sunday, you can see it if you watch it. You can actually see it in the, on live stream and, and what have you. Uh, at some point, Brandy was up here, and at some point during the altar service, she turned around and went back and got him. He was asleep, and she brought him up and laid him right over there on the, on the platform, and they began to pray for him. <clears throat> she had taken his braces off during church uh, so he could sleep more comfortably and um, brought him up here without his braces. And those of you that were here last Sunday towards the, before we all left to go home, you witnessed him uh, walk up on this platform without his braces. Uh, he walked up steps without his braces for the first time since he's learned to walk. He could not walk without braces or without assistance. He could walk with a walker or braces, but he had to have some assistance. He walked up on the platform and I've watched him this morning as he's kind of run back and forth and, and talking to his mama while during the worship set and all that kind of stuff. Don't correct him for that. He's okay. We're going to let him walk around all he wants to. But that little boy walked in this church last Sunday with a pair of braces around his legs at four years old, and he walked out last Sunday without them. <clears throat> it's a miracle. It's a miracle. Oh, yes, it is. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. So his mother told him, asked him when they got home last Sunday. She said, Eli, did Jesus touch your legs? He said, no, mama. He's four, about to be five, I think. It would be five in August. He's four years old. He said, no, mama, Jesus didn't touch my legs. He fixed them. How far does your faith go? That's some good stuff right there. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. And Brandy told me this morning that uh, he came into church Wednesday night and uh, walked up and down the steps going upstairs waiting for kids' church to start. Was so excited that he could go upstairs. I want to tell you folks that we preach it, we preach it, we preach it. We preach it, we preach it, we preach it. 
But when God just steps in in a moment and just heals somebody miraculously like that, it just it, it takes my breath away. It, it blows my mind, if you will. I thank God for his healing power. Let's praise him one more time, shall we? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord. And I, I have to admit, I like those miracles you can see. I believe the ones that, that people say, well, he heals something inside my body. I believe that, and I'm good with that. Oftentimes, people have the doctors document it through an MRI, x-rays, etc. But uh, when you have them on that level right there, we all know what these two uh, issues can do to the human body, cerebral palsy and epilepsy. She'll take him to the doctor in New Orleans in June. And uh, I can't wait for that doctor's report to see what he has to say and how he explains away what's happened in the body of Eli. Let's praise the Lord again. I'm thankful for this today. Thank the Lord. So it goes without saying that Grace Church is experiencing an amazing move of God. It's been going on since the beginning of this year. Uh, We've baptized quite a few people. We've several, a number of people have already received the baptism of the Holy Ghost this year. God is doing things that we have prayed for and that we've desired after for a long time. And uh, some have even began talking about things and that, are, that are causing things to happen in their lives that a few months ago was not even thought of. I believe there's a realization going on with some folks here at Grace Church that God is waiting on us not the other way around. Everybody said amen. Let me quickly give you the setting of my text so we can move on. The setting of my text is when those of you that are familiar with Scripture in the Old Testament, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram began to dispute against Moses and Aaron. This is right after they came out of Egypt. It wasn't going well in the wilderness. And so Korah, Dathan, and Byron were trying to persuade the people, let's just go back to Egypt. It can't be worse there than it is here. And this was in direct violation of the will and purpose of God for them because he wanted them to continue to move forward uh, towards their promised land. The Bible said that uh, the next morning God spoke to to, to Moses and uh, told everybody on earth with Moses to get on this side, everybody with Korah, Dathan, and Byron, get on that side. And the Bible said the ground opened up, swallowed them up, and closed back up, and they were never seen again. The next day after that, if you read the preceding chapter, there were still people murmuring that they were afraid it would happen to them and that they needed to know of a surety who was the authority who was in control of this thing, who should they believe in and what have you. So Moses began to step into his leadership role that God had ordained him to. And the Bible said uh, up until this point that it was God that did most of the talking. The Bible said at least five times in Scripture that Moses did according to the word of the Lord. But then somewhere along the line, Somewhere along the line, Moses had a revelation and realized that if God is going to speak, I need to start talking. I want to preach last Sunday's sermon again so bad right here, but I don't have time. So we find in Exodus chapter 8 that the Lord did according 
to the word of Moses. The Lord did according to the word of Moses. I believe that is happening at Grace Church right now that some are beginning to finally realize that there are some things we can speak and God will bring them to pass. We are realizing, as Jesus said in Matthew 9, the Bible said he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, so be it unto you. We're realizing that the scripture says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we're able to ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Everybody say us. We are daring to believe God for things that we would not have believed for a long time. And by God, by his word, I believe he will do according to the word of his people. I do believe God operates according to our faith. And I do believe that God operates through the power that is on the inside of us. There's enough power working in some of us right now to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can not only ask, but even think. Everybody said amen. Somebody told me this morning they had a dream last night, not having any, any idea what I would be preaching today, and named four people. It said, I saw all four of them receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When they told me that, it was a huge affirmation to what I'm coming to this pulpit with. I believe it's time that we quit standing on the sideline like the armies of Israel did with Goliath. We needed David to step out somewhere from among the people and say, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. It's exceeding, abundant, above all that we can even verbalize or comprehend. And the Bible said that's what's on the inside of us. You don't have to beg for it. You certainly can't buy it. You already have it. It's in you and we need to let it out. It's in us and we need to let it out. We need to speak some things into existence and let our faith grow. I'm preaching to you this morning. How far does your faith go? Now, I'm not talking about the name it and claim it and blab it and grab it philosophy of material wealth and possessions and all of that. I'm talking about speaking into reality the salvation of our lost loved ones and the healing of our bodies and the restoration of our backsliders and the unity and the coming back together of our families, the protection of the blood of Jesus over our children. We need to take a hold of the things that the Word has promised to the church. Now I'm telling you and I'm convinced today that God is going to do things in our midst in the very near future that will literally blow our mind So I ask you today, how far does your faith go today? We have not because we ask not. I believe about five or six more people ought to stand up and say, you know what? I have a move of God going on on the inside of me and I'm not playing church anymore. I need the miraculous in my life. I need restoration in my life. I need forgiveness in my life. Somebody needs to expand your faith to an extremity that it's never been before. Everybody clap your hands.
for the Lord today. Hallelujah. I'm talking about things that somebody would hardly believe even if God were to tell you ahead of time. I'm not going to put Brandy on the spot, but I wonder if two weeks ago, did she really think that her little boy would be healed in a week? Do we think in those terms? We've learned to live with the discrepancy of promise that, that we find in the Bible. It gets all convoluted in our head. The Bible said, God said in Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5, Behold ye among the heathen, and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days, which you will not believe, though I told it to you. So I say to Grace Church today, it doesn't matter what has or has not happened in the past. It doesn't matter how long things have taken in the past. It doesn't matter whether we've ever seen it in the past. I believe that God is getting ready to do a new thing in our midst, the likes of which we've never seen before. He said in Isaiah, Remember ye not the former things, consider the things of old, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, and it shall spring forth, and you shall not know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers and the desert if we're going to see this new thing we have to forget about the limitations of yesterday we're going to see this new thing we have to forget about our preconceived ideas about how things ought to happen if we're going to see this new thing happen we have to remove all limitations from God and our faith and realize that God wants to do something in our midst that we can't even ask or think Oh, my. So, in our text, God is establishing the authority of the priesthood. And he's doing it in a real strange way. What seems to be a real strange way. It seems that the 12 tribes have been fighting about who was to perform the services of the priesthood. Let me stop right here. Sister Kathy Davis, is that plant still in the concierge desk that we were looking at today? Would you mind bringing it and just set it right there? I just had a little inspiration. All of you will understand better by and by. But it seems that the 12 tribes have been fighting about who was to perform the services of the priesthood. They wanted to see the authority. Okay, if we're not going back to Egypt, if we're not going back to where we came from, then who has the authority to lead us forward? We want to see a sign. Is essentially what they were saying. They all claimed and they all hoped and believed that they were going to be the chosen servants who ministered in the tabernacle. Thank you so very much. He said right there, thank you so very much. And so God said, I'm tired of all this murmuring. Have every tribe send a representative to the tabernacle with essentially what is his shepherd's rod. Now the one they used, I understand, was probably eight or nine feet long. And uh, they used the rod to beat down bushes. It was a defense mechanism. They could beat away animals. 
They used the staff with a hook on the end of it to rescue, but this was more of a defensive weapon. And so God said, have them, each one of the tribes, bring one of their rods, write their name on it, and bring it to the tabernacle. Now here's a strange thing that you have to notice. The tribe of Levi, and especially the house of Aaron, had already been appointed to the priesthood. They had already been appointed to the priesthood. They had the title, but they didn't have the power. They had separated themselves from the rest of the nation by their outward holiness, their physical restrictions, and their refusal to touch the unseen, un- unclean thing, yet there was no visible show of power and authority. They were God's chosen. They had holiness down pat, but they had no power. And so God calls for the tribes to come to the church. He said, I will show you who I have anointed to minister in the nation of Israel. So quit fighting among yourselves and just get into my presence and I will make manifest the anointing and power of my spirit. The second thing that is different about this story is that God says, bring your walking sticks into the temple. These rods or walking sticks were probably family heirlooms. It was probably handed down from their father and his father and his father. The Bible said that in our scripture text, that apparently they had been in the family for a long time. They could have been around for many years. They were dead, dry walking sticks that have not borne any fruit in years. They were sticks that had once been attached to a living, growing tree. What I'm holding in my hand right now used to be attached to a tree. It's got spots on it where limbs were cut off. It probably bore leaves and and all of that kind of stuff. But right now in my hand, it is as dead as a proverbial doornail. There was no sap left in them. They retained no moisture. They were dead and dry. And God said, bring those dead, dry walking sticks into my house and I will show you who has my anointing and my authority. I'm going to do something God is saying that you have never seen before. And I'm going to do it through a dead, dry stick that has no possible ability to bear any fruit whatsoever. I want to just go say here in passing, I'm, I'm kind of getting to the point. I've been born and raised in Pentecost. I'm 62 years old, and I've heard miracles and signs and wonders all of my life, and we have them sporadically, but I'm ready for God to take what my daddy believed and my ancestors believed and the churches of years ago believed and preachers and preached at camp meeting in the 70s and 80s. I'm ready for God to take that title that's been bestowed upon us and bring life back to it. So today, I'm bringing God my dead, dry faith and say, here, God, bring some life back to it. 
All right. All right. I'm just, I'm just getting started now. Y'all, y'all try not to get ahead of me. And finally, God said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to do it overnight. Now, this is what really had them perplexed because they knew that they were bringing walking sticks made from almond trees that was uh, very plentiful and common in that area in those days. They were made, they were cut out of an almond tree. And this is what had them so perplexed because they knew what their walking stick was made out of. Now don't discount the walking stick. It guided them and it defended them. But the purpose of that walking stick is fixing to go to a mind-boggling level that they never dreamed in a million lifetimes. So in order for these walking sticks to produce anything, they had to be in just the right kind of soil. They had to have the right amount of sunlight, the right amount of rain. And even if all of those conditions was met perfectly, back in those days, my research has found that even in perfect conditions, it would still take an almond tree five years to bloom. Five is a number that represents grace, by the way. But God said, I'm going to take what you thought was dead and without any soil or any sunlight or any rain, I am going to produce almonds out of that stuff and I'm going to do it overnight. And they looked at Moses and Aaron like you're looking at me. Very similar I'm going to take that stick that was designed to bring forth fruit but now has just become a showpiece for someone's craftsmanship and now it's become a sentimental heirloom. I'm going to make that thing bear fruit again. You say it takes five years under perfect conditions to bring forth almonds. I'm going to bring forth almonds overnight. I want to ask you here today, Grace Church, how far does your faith go? I believe God is wanting to establish apostolic authority in His church, especially in the culture we're living in today. And I believe He's wanting to do it unlike anything we've ever seen before. I believe we're going to live to see the dead raised again. We've carried the name and we've carried the label for a long time. Now it's time to manifest the power. We've separated ourselves from the world. We don't touch the unclean thing. 
but now it's time for the power and authority that we need. God is establishing apostolic authority in his church and it's being conferred, it's being conferred upon those who keep his commandments. The way that God is going to prove his power is he's going to do it in his sanctuary. He's going to do it through his church. Let me share with you what I feel that God has shown me in this passage of scripture. The reason that Aaron was chosen to be the messenger of God is because that Aaron spake all the words which the Lord had spoken unto Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. Aaron didn't tamper with the message. He didn't try to decide what God really meant and he didn't try to decide what really wasn't important. He spoke all the words that God had given him and God is conferring apostolic authority upon those churches and believers that are keeping his message unchanged. Amen. Amen. I believe God is going to give his power, or excuse me, God is going to manifest his power through those who speak all of his words without trying to decide what we can get rid of and what's not really important anymore. God is going to give power to those who don't delude his message. I believe God is going to give power to those who hold the doctrine pure and undefiled. The Bible said, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking bread and in prayers. Paul said in Romans, I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. In Ephesians 4, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of man and cunning craftiness whereby they lay in wait to deceive. He said in 1 Timothy, as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. He went on to say, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. Till I come, he said, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. He said, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear me. I could go on and on here this morning, but suffice it to say that I believe God is preparing to do a work through those who have kept the doctrine and they've been unwavering. They've been steady on their feet. They've not looked to the right hand nor to the left and they're bringing their old walking stick, the one that's got them a many a mile, the one that's defended them and protected them. Now God is wanting to take it to another level and watch it bloom and blossom and front of your very eyes. I believe that God's going to bless those who hold fast the doctrine. The doctrine such as faith towards God, repentance, repentance from dead works, baptism in Jesus' name. The infilling of his spirit is evidenced by speaking in other tongues, living a holy life separated unto God. We have had the label for a long time, but now it's time to receive the power that comes with apostolic anointing. Oh God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I believe that God is going to do, that God is going to do 
is to reveal his power in a way that we've never seen before. Sometimes we think we have it, God figured out. We think we know how, when, why, and where God is going to do a miracle. But look in the scripture at how many times Jesus healed people. Sometimes he just spoke the word and they were healed. Sometimes he touched them and they were healed. Sometimes they touched him and they were healed. Sometimes he made mud pies and put put them on a blind man's eyes and he was healed. In the early church, they laid hands on the sick. They sent anointed handkerchiefs and in one case, the very shadow of Peter passing over the sick raised them back to health. We need to realize that God can move any way he wants to. He's not bound by time and space. He's not bound by the laws of physics. He's not bound by laws of nature or anything else. He can calm the water or he can walk on top of them. He can make a furniture for a living or he can pull money out of a fish's mouth. The only thing that sets limits on God is our faith. I want to ask you today, how far does your faith go? And sometimes it's hard to accept a new thing. But if I could get Grace Church on board, there's soul winners here today. There's miracles resident in people here today. We have to be willing to open our mouth and accept and manifest the power that God has put in the church today. Everybody clap your hands to the Lord. I believe that God wants to do miracles through people here today. What our problem is is we want to be recipients of miracles, thank you. We want to be the recipient of the miracle. But God is saying, no, 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 no. I want you to be the manifestation. I want you to be the conduit through which the miracle flows. hundred tears at possible here today. Your dad has preached the gospel for a long time, has served God for a long time. You've walked in the ways that he's taught you. You've walked in the principles and the precepts that you've been taught. But now it's time to take your daddy's old walking stick up to the temple and say, God, it's guided me and it's defended me and it's protected me and it's anointed me. Now I'm ready to take this thing to another level. I want it to blossom through me. I want it to grow through me. I want it to bear fruit through me. Come on, somebody. Get on board with me today. Don't sit there and stare at me like a cow looking at a new gate. It's time for somebody to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. It's time for marriages to be healed. The devil has sifted our minds. He's sifted our belief. He's sifted our faith. But I claim in the name of Jesus today that the power of the Holy Ghost is going to be made manifest in us no matter what's happened in the past. Just remain standing. Just remain standing. I believe there's people in, in our families, in our community, that at one time were a body of Christ, living, thriving, growing, bearing fruit. But for whatever reason, they've become separated from the vine. They're dry, they're dead, they're bitter. Not one ounce of desire left in them to serve God, or so we think. I believe there's people here today at Grace Church, you've given up on loved ones. You've given up on your marriage. You've given up on your kids.
You've given up on your spouse and your parents, whatever it may be. Because, Pastor, there's been no life in those people. They're just as dead as that stick you're holding. But what you don't understand, I can't imagine how it felt to walk into the tabernacle the next morning and look at this old stick and it was blossomed out like a tree that's been planted out there for the past 20 years and you sit and stare at that for a minute and say, my God, how did it happen? But then a light comes on in your head because with God, because with God, nothing shall be impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. All right, everybody knows what Simon Peter did. He denied Jesus. But I believe God chose him to preach the first apostolic sermon in Acts chapter two because of what he had done. It became leverage that God could use Because when the men and brethren there in Acts chapter 2 said, what must we do? Peter didn't look at them and say, you can't be saved, you bunch of heathens. You've gone too far because you've denied Jesus and you're the ones that had him crucified. No, 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 he didn't do that. Because he had just just came from the same pit they were wallowing in. That pit of guilt and doubt and fear. Told someone yesterday pertaining to someone who's struggling in their relationship with God. Sometimes people want to come back to God and they don't know how. So God used the Simon Peter to show them how. If you'll repent of your sin. If you'll repent of your sin and tell God sorry. You're sorry God can set you up to have a move of God in you. Like you can't believe. He uses broken vessels to minister to broken vessels. He uses broken reeds to repair broken reeds. And God is going to use the dead to dry among us. So I'll say it again to all of you parents of backslidden children, children of backslidden parents, husband of backslidden wives, wives of backslidden husbands and everyone else that has a backslidden loved one today. Don't you believe the lie of the enemy that says our children, our family and our loved ones can never come back. God spoke in Jeremiah, thus saith the Lord, refrain thy voice from weeping and thine eyes from tears for thy work shall be rewarded saith the Lord and they shall come again from the land of the enemy and there is hope in thine end saith the Lord that thy children shall come again to their own border God is getting ready to produce some fruit through some of us that we have thought we were dead and dry I walked by the concierge desk this morning and was greeted so nicely and so kindly by our greeters. And I noticed this was sitting on the, on the desk. I don't know who it was for. I don't know where it came from. I just saw it sitting there and I stared at it knowing what I was preaching. I was sitting there staring at it. And I heard, I believe it was Sister Kathy, It said, this thing was full of roses. This thing was full of roses just a few days ago. 
And they were talking about how beautiful that it was. I wanted to pick up this plant and dance all over that lobby with it and would have if they'd have thought I was not completely out of my mind. Because this is what I'm talking about. When you look in the mirror today, this is what you see. This is what you see yourself looking like. You say, my, that thing needs water. That thing needs some dirt. That thing needs some sunshine. That thing needs a little rain. And you can put whatever else you want into that blank. But I say what this thing needs. It's for somebody to just put it back in the hands of God. And what would take a lifetime for you to perform, God can do it overnight. Wouldn't it be amazing if this thing bloomed right in front of our eyes today? Wouldn't surprise me if it didn't happen before church is over. Because this is what God wants to do. He wants to manifest His power in His people. How far does your faith go? I'm not naive. I know it's discouraging sometimes when you see no progress. But I'm going to tell you where I get fresh inspiration. And I'm being very honest. I'm being very truthful. I have never met a person on this planet that has a green thumb like my father-in-law does. I can go to Clegg's and buy the most nurtured plant and they've got all the fertilizer and it's beautiful. I can plant it in my yard and in a month I'm struggling with everything I've got to keep that thing alive. I don't know how my father-in-law does it, but I have seen him break off azalea stems off of a bush. Just break them off and go stick them in a pot of dirt somewhere. They're planted all over his yard today. He's got crepe myrtles all over his yard, everywhere. They're everywhere. It started off just an old stick broken off of a plant. and Just drive that thing down into a flower pot, and there it goes. I don't know how he does it, but I know where he got it from. He got it from God. Call God as an expert. And take an old dead, dried up stuff and stick it in the dirt. Overnight, there's people here today that the devil has tried to destroy you. The devil has sifted you like wheat. He's battered your faith in every direction you can imagine but you're still here. I submit to you today if you'll follow the path that God has in front of you, if you'll submit to the will and purpose of God in your life, He can cause things to blossom in your life that you thought was hopeless and dead. You get the point. I'm just asking you here today, how far are you willing to let your faith go today? Let's clap our hands to the Lord today. Let's praise Him. Something's moving.
change.